What's up, everyone? It's Wednesday, October 26th. I'm Zachary Crockett here with Rob Litterst, and you're listening to The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're talking Halloween decorations. Yes, inflation is raging on, and yes, we may be heading into a recession, but the people want their decorations, and sales are way up this year. Rob's gonna get into the numbers for us, but before that, a few headlines in tech and business today. The Kanye West drops just keep coming, and we're not talking about new albums. Adidas terminated its partnership with the music artist over anti-Semitic remarks. That's going to negatively impact Adidas's Q4 net income by about $250 million. And for West, the fallout's worth about $1.5 billion. That news comes after he was already dropped by Gap, Balenciaga, and his talent firm, Creative Artists Agency. A big debate is raging in the stock photo business over AI images. Shutterstock expanded its open AI partnership to include Dolly integration. And on the flip side of that, Getty Images CEO reiterated his stance against selling AI-generated content. If you're going to attend the World Series this year, you might want to consider taking out a second mortgage. The average secondary market list price for a 2022 World Series ticket in Philly is about $3,200. In Houston, a little bit more of a bargain at $1,600, but still pretty steep. Some Amazon news this year, Black Friday shoppers on the e-commerce site will be able to buy stuff with Venmo. Also, look out for some serious deals this season because word on the street is that a lot of these warehouses are bloated with inventory and are looking to offload at steep discounts. And lastly, Purdue University is rapidly expanding its chip program. They hope to graduate about 1,000 semiconductor engineers a year. That's up from 150 today. And that's also an effort to combat the long-term effects of an ongoing chip shortage and bring more production to the U.S. One thing there's not a shortage of is Halloween decorations. I live in kind of a suburban neighborhood outside of San Francisco, and I feel like I'm seeing more Halloween decorations than I've ever seen in my life this year. Every other house is just totally decked out. And Rob, I know it's the same for you. You've looked into the numbers, and it seems like it's not just in my head. No, it's absolutely not, Zach. And I also live in a very suburban neighborhood outside of Boston, the deep burbs, if you will. And the Halloween decorations are out of control this year. I think we have like over 10 neighbors in our small neighborhood that have that spider web that's like built out of your tree or out of your house. (laughs) Like that's got that kind of like triangular shape with a massive spider on it. They're everywhere. It's crazy. And the giant skeletons, man. Don't get me started on the giant skeletons. So many. And there are more like big inflatables than I've ever seen. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. People are really going all out. And I was like you, I I really kind of thought that I was just imagining this. Like I don't remember people going this overboard when I was younger. I remember maybe there was like a house or two in our entire town like really went hard for Halloween. But otherwise, like everybody else was kind of just taking it easy, right? But it turns out the business of Halloween decorations is a $10 billion business. Mm. And there's a combination of factors that have really kind of pushed the Halloween spirit to record levels this year. Mm. You know, when did this really become a thing? Because, you know, I was born in 88 and I feel like as a kid growing up, I remember a few Halloween decorations here and there, but it wasn't quite like a massive industry like it is today. Totally. So taking a little bit of a history lesson, Halloween decorations became a thing in the early 1900s. And what I didn't realize is back then Halloween was more adult focused. The whole point of the holiday was adults would have parties, 
play mm-hmm. games like Mahjong or Bridge, and they would bring these spooky decorations that were like really scary. Like these decorations were not family friendly and were like <laughs> meant to kind of scare people. Yeah. In the 1930s, the focus shifted to kids, and that included schools doing a lot more promotion of Halloween and kind of scheduling events around the holiday, mm. parents throwing Halloween parties for their kids and their friends. And as part of that, the decorations became a lot more family friendly, right? You don't want to actually scare the living shit out of these kids. <laughs> and the industry becomes a lot more lucrative. A hundred percent. Because as you know, if you market anything to kids, it immediately becomes a massive industry. Right. It's why Old Spice has these commercials with like weird sensual men that are like super goofy and silly. It makes kids laugh and they're Old Spice right. customers for life. All right. So what are we looking at here? Big picture today in terms of big box retail sales. Yeah, so there's a huge trend that's going on with Halloween decorations at big box retailers. And a big reason is this guy, Mark Ledenbach, he coined this phrase. He says Halloween is the gateway to the holidays. Hmm. So basically, if you think about these big box retailers, especially like home improvement stores like Home Depot's, Lowe's, Walmart probably fits into that category to some extent. Their big season is spring, right? When people are doing like home renovations and projects like that. Mm -hmm, And then another big season for them is obviously the holidays, like the Christmas holidays, Thanksgiving, like that sort of thing. They can sell a lot of products that align around those holidays. But there's kind of this gap in between. And what's happened is Halloween has kind of become this big seasonal event that these stores can market that gives them reliable foot traffic between these two really high volume times for them. And so to put that into perspective, this year, Walmart is carrying 3,335 products that are fall or Halloween driven. Home Depot's Halloween and fall inventory is up to 861 products this year. It was at 418 last year, so it more than doubled. Target's assortment has 197 Halloween products. So basically at these big box retailers, it's Halloween season. It's taken over way more shelves than just the candy aisle and is becoming really kind of the main reason that people go to the stores in the seasons leading up to the holidays. My gosh, I'm still trying to process Walmart's 3,335 products. Can you even imagine? I, like, I mean, like the average small grocery store has like 15,000 SKUs, 15,000 right. products that they sell. <laughs> And I know, you know, Walmart's obviously a huge retailer with massive, massive inventory, but I don't even know how you would make 3,500 Halloween decorations. Completely agree. (laughs) A lot of these are outdoor decorations. A lot of them are indoor decorations. Uh A lot of them are not even Halloween oriented, right? It's more fall oriented. Sure. So at the end of the day, it's a wide swath of decorations. And what's really interesting about this is as the products have ramped up in these stores and as these stores have filled their shelves with more stuff, It seemingly led to more spending by consumers. LendingTree did a survey recently that found that 87% of consumers plan to spend on Halloween this year, with 40% of those people expecting to buy outdoor decorations, which Mm. was mind-blowing to me. That's like half of the population (laughs) is going to put stuff outside for Halloween, which it's crazy. I I feel like there's kind of like a keep up with the Joneses element to Halloween or maybe just all holiday decorations in general, where you know sometimes you'll walk down a street, you'll see a house with like a five-foot tall inflatable cat and then next door the neighbor has like a 30 foot tall skeleton or something it's just like 100%. things are escalating beyond any reasonable amount of attention to decoration totally i mean this article in retail dive called out neighborly competition as another big reason why this market has gotten so big and out of hand <laughs> and honestly these Funny. big box retailers 
are playing into it. Home Depot sells this 12 foot tall inflatable skeleton that has LCD eyes and costs $300. And they've sold out every single year that they've made it. They started making it in 2020. It's Mm. sold out all three years. I think they're already sold out this year. Lowe's, not to be outdone, started selling a 12-foot mummy with lights and sound effects that cost $348. So these stores are just fueling this crazy neighborly competition and making the decorations even more ridiculous. So it's interesting. It'll be fun to watch like where this goes over the coming years and just how ridiculous it gets. Fun fact, when I was in middle school, I used to build a haunted house in my mom's front yard every Halloween. And amazing. Uh, I used to go to the spirit store and I used to just ride my bike over there and just be obsessed with those decorations. They used to have like this like talking butler statue that was like, you know, $700. <laughs> and, and they had all these like kind of animatronic props that I would kind of like lust after in the store. And I, I, I couldn't really buy any of them because I was middle school. So I would just like kind of build my own stuff. But, you know, back then, most houses just, you know, you buy those little packs of like 99 cent cobwebs, you put them on the bushes. Totally. You make some tombstones out of styrofoam or something, you build a graveyard fence out of PVC pipe or whatever. It's all about the DIY. Yeah, exactly. The Halloween community was very DIY back then. They were like Halloween forums where they would teach you how to like, you know, make props and stuff. And now it's just like, it's crazy to see you know, just walking down my street, some of these decorations are just like on another level. It's gotten so over the top. Yeah. Yeah. I love the DIY vibes. That's honestly, if we're getting personal here, like that's (laughs) me and Lee's speed. She put together this ghost that's outside our door that I think she bought like some stand and then put like a line of wire around it and then threw like a pillowcase over it and put some eyes on it. So yeah, like going super DIY. And I think that's the fun part of all this, right? Is like you can see like how creative people can get. I think the DIY part really pushes the creativity. I had one neighbor the other day, we were walking the dog and walking around the neighborhood. And she said, oh yeah, like we live in the house that looks like Clark Griswold's, but for Halloween. And I was like, which one? Like there are like (laughs) 10 of them in the neighborhood that kind of look like that. She's like, oh yeah, like this one. It's crazy. It's become so mainstream. It is. I used to roll my parents' charcoal grill out into the front yard and I had a dummy sitting in a lawn chair grilling a severed head. That is amazing. And my sister, who was like three or four years younger than me, was so embarrassed to like get <laughs> dropped off by her friends after school. She was like so humiliated Dude, by my Halloween decoration. Which definitely made you like it even more, right? Oh like, yeah. <laughs> it maybe yeah. double down the next year. A hundred percent. That's amazing. Oh man. Before we go, what's your favorite Halloween candy? Huh. I'm a Twix guy. Twix. Oh, that's a great choice. I'm a Twix guy through and through. How about you? I used to really like the gummy stuff, like the Skittles, the uh, Sour Patch Kids, the Starburst. But as I've gotten older, I've definitely gone more towards like the conventional candy bars. I like Twix, love Butterfingers, love Kit Kats, any of those. What's your stance on candy corn? Oh, absolutely not. I'm a hard no for candy corn. Yeah. Okay. We're going to have to do a story on the business of candy corn because like, I think it's some kind of front or something. There's there's something shady going on. It makes absolutely no sense. There's got to be something going on there. All right, everyone, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning into the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today was Robert Hartwig and our executive producer, as always, is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, go check out the hustle.co slash email. We'll see you all tomorrow.